Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We exhort you because you are faithful. We thank you for your call upon our lives. Thank you for this hour. Thank you for this moment. Receive all the praise, glory, and adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so we want to. I want to continue with uh, our study. As you all know, this is going to be. A lengthy, lengthy deliberation on John 14, verse 1 to 5. We're dealing with uh, who are the 144,000? Uh, what do they mean? Amen. All right, so this is part seven on this series. And so again, we look at our main scripture, which is Revelation 14, verse number 1. And the Bible says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on my Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Amen. So here we find that what we intend to do with this evening is the world weight. This one for the first time, a standing weight. That's the thing I want you to get. So that's what we want to examine. I told you before, we want to be, I mean, we're breaking down bit by bit, everything you find in this particular passage, every word, we've been able to accomplish uh, what it means to, I mean, who is the lamb? We already know that is Jesus. We have already established the fact what it means to stand. He stood on Mount Zion. We concluded what is Mount Zion. And now we come to the point of saying, with him, I wonder at 44,000. Amen. Praise God. So, like I said, we already know what is uh, one body for the, I mean, the Messiah, we know what the Lamb is, and so on and so forth. So the next thing we want to look at now is the word wit, with him 144,000. Okay, so who are these people? How many are they truly? Those are the questions we're going to be looking at now. And then, are they literal 1,000 and what 44,000, or this is spiritual? Largely, we've been able to say that he's speaking of spiritual situation, but all the same. And that the first thing that comes to mind as you go through this passage is the sentence, or in the sentence is the word with him. He said, and uh, with him are 144,000. So, this speaks of the 144,000 uh, with him. So, the question now is, what does it mean to be with? Praise God. What is the meaning of to be wheat? The word wheat is uh, the Greek word metal, M-E-T-A. And uh, it's a proposition used adverbially. It properly means to accompany or accompaniment. A means, and uh, it also means um, what is joined 
accompany or occupying more or less an immediate position between. No, so the, what I want you to see here is two things I just want you to see. For instance, you read uh, in the First Corinthians uh, uh, 6 and verse number 7, or 17 rather, which says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The word join is the same word with. So, the word with actually means to join. It actually means to be with. It means to accompany. Praise the living God. So, it's an indication of fellowship. What he's trying to say, if the 144,000 are with him and joined with him, accompany him, then they must have the same glory, identity, relationship, fellowship. It's like a companionship. Now, that's a common saying. We say, birds of the same feather, they flock together. They're together. Birds of the same feather, they flock together. You're going to see a dog uh, walking on the road or trying to cross the road, and then a hen with a chick come and accompany them and they go on the same train. You're not going to see that. Are you following what I'm saying? Right. You have what they call shoe of fish. Group of fish going together. So, to be with, you can't be with someone that you don't have the same identity with, you don't have the same ideology with, you don't have the same belief. Hallelujah. So, this is a realm of companionship, sharing the same vision, the same hopes, the same aspiration, pursuing the same common goal, and giving themselves to it. But only that, he is the one that dictates what happens. That's what I want you to pick there. He dictates what happened, but we are with him, or the one for the 4,000 are with him, but he dictates what happens. Is the head, the church is the body. So those who are with him, they're like, okay, the best way, again, you take it as like um, the general commanding or leading an army. They are all in the same uniform, the same, you know, rankings or whatever, but they are in the same group, they are in the same people. But somebody is just there to give command. Hallelujah. Say for instance, if I ask you the question, are you with me? What am I trying to find out? What comes to your mind immediately if I ask such a question? Are you with me? What are you going to say? You say yes. What you say here yeah, means you agree with what I'm saying. Or you believe with me exactly what I'm trying to say. Praise the Lord. You're trying to say you agree with my opinion. When I, are you with me? Praise the Lord. But Jesus used the word, he that is not with us is against us. What is that supposed to mean? He doesn't belong to our fellowship. He doesn't belong to our principle of belief. Certainly will be against us. Praise the Lord. So your answer is going to be yes or it's going to be no. Now if you say no, that means 
Either you don't understand what I'm saying, so there is no way you are going to be in agreement with what I'm saying. If I say, are you with me? Is that okay? Right. You, you can either say yes. That means you believe what I'm saying. That means you understand what I'm saying. That means yes, you are in agreement with what I've just said. But if you say no, it means I don't understand you. So to, to be with is to have a common opinion, the same belief, the same identity of thoughts and conviction. Praise the Lord. On the other hand, if somebody asks you the question, who are you with? What do you think he's trying to find out? It simply means, who are you following or who are you supporting? Am I correct? Good. It just, it's a very simple something. But we find it difficult to comprehend. But this is just what it is. Who are you with? I feel like there are two positions or two opinions or two parties. You understand? And the person asks you the question, who are you with? What do you think he's trying to find out? Of these two group of people, where do you belong? Isn't it? Right. So it speaks of a union, your fellowship, and uh, having the same tone, the same idea, the same philosophy you know, of life. So if we say 144,000 are with him, these are people that have come to agree with whatever thing he's saying and whatever is supposed to be his goal, vision, aspiration in life, whatever dictates his walk at Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So to be with someone means to share the cause of that in this one. Share his action, his thoughts, his opinions, his views, etc. Of that individual that you're trying to be with or you're following. Praise the Lord. So, if, if a question comes for instance and you begin to say, or like we're just trying to say in terms of who are you with, we deal with the issue of uh, being in terms of relationship when it comes to, for instance, religion. We are talking to talk about what your perception is in terms of the belief of that individual. Praise the Lord. So if, if for instance, if I have to ask you the question, are you with Christ? Of course, your answer is going to be yes, because you are a believer. Is that okay? So for instance, you can either be with Christ in terms of religion, or you can be with Buddhist, or you are Muslim, whatever it is. You just have to be with someone. And, and that, this is also very important for us to understand. Thank you, Lord. You see, in life, you can't be in isolation. Even if you say you don't believe in Christ. Even if you say you are, I mean, even if you say you are a free thinker, you are still with something. There is an idea. Is that okay? Right. So if you say, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a religious person. But you are with a thought and a group of other people who think the way you think. So you are with someone. You are not free in the true sense. You are sharing an idea with some people who have the same idea with you all over the world. So, he said that you are okay, you are a believer, you believe with Jesus, you are with Jesus, or well, you are the taste, you still believe something. If you say you are a taste, for instance, the common understanding is a taste says there is no God. 
That means you believe. Your belief is there is no God, but you are a believer. Come on, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Right. So, you are with a group of people who says there is no God. So, you are with them. So, when we're saying Revelation 40 verse 1, those that are with him are 144,000. So, we're talking about the 144,000 sharing the same belief, the same conviction, the same goal, the same aspiration with Jesus Christ. That's what it means. Hallelujah. You cannot be with someone that you don't have a conviction about that individual of. That is to say, you can't be with someone you don't share his thoughts, beliefs, and convictions. Hallelujah. So if you are with Christ, it means I share and believe in the teachings and the cause of Christ on the earth. For the accomplishment and redemption of mankind... That my life should speak forth in that context of the redeeming power of Christ. If I am with Christ, it means I believe in his goal. What is the goal? The goal of redemption of mankind. Help me, Jesus. That means what drives him is what drives you. Because you're working together with him to accomplish that vision, that goal, which has to do with the redemption of of mankind. They are now waiting and water 44,000. No, now what we tell you, he that is not with us, scattered, but he that, you understand that? You are speaking to the disciples. And in Mark chapter 9, I think he made a statement there when there was this individual that came and was casting a devil that was not among the disciples. And they came to tell him, well, we tried to stop him because he's not with us. And he said, no man, don't stop him. For there is no man that is without us or with us that will hardly speak evil of us. So the fan that is casting a devil in my name means he's with me. You give me the simple definition of to be with Jesus now. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're getting this. Right. So the fan that is using my name to cast a devil means he's with me. By implication, he believes in me. He agrees with my philosophy, my teaching, my conviction. So don't stop him. You see what it means? So to be with means you're carrying out the same function, the same duties, the same assignment uh, which the Lord has given to him to show forth. And, and that tells you something. If you don't know how to win souls, if you don't know how to join with people who are soul winners, in another way, you are saying you are not with Jesus. Because the common goal is that there has to be redemption. Praise the living God. Look with me in the book of Second Corinthians 6 verse 3. Second Corinthians 6 verse 3. Are you with me? Giving no offense... In anything that the ministry be not blamed. Take it from another translation. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. 
Why? Because we are with Jesus. That's what he's trying to say. If you are with him, your character, your ministry will be such that we not cause the word of the Lord to be blasphemed. Hallelujah. So in the same way, it means I must put myself on the path of evangelism, which is the medium by which the cause of Christ that I believe in is communicated. Praise the Lord. Again, let's look at a little bit of the, I mean, illustration from scriptures here. Mighty 12, look at verse 22. Let's just read it. Let's read up to verse um, 24. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind, dumb, and he healed him. Insomuch that the blind and the dumb both speak and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by the Bezebub, or by Bezebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts. And said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. The next verse says, And he said, And cancer Satan, he divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom do what? Stand. And he by this basketball cast a devil by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. And he said, But if I cast a devil by the Spirit of God, when? Then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Now, if you look at this scripture, you'll be able to see precisely the accusation that was brought against Jesus was that he's casting out devil with the Spirit of Bezebub. With the Spirit of Bezebub. In conjunction, in the union with the Spirit of Bezebub. That means he's walking with another spirit. But again, Jesus is saying here, those who are trying to say or accuse him of this, it's because they are not with him. They are not part of him. They are not part of his company. But no man who is actually part of Jesus will likely speak of him, evil of him. Praise the Lord. Are you there? So, these all people here, they were not in support of his ministry. That's the point I'm trying to say. And this is done because of either that hatred or jealousy. They either that they hate him so much or they are just jealous about his success of his ministry. So they say all manner of things to dissuade people from following him. And that's exactly what happened in life. When men are jealous of you, when men are, you know, whatever form, they can raise any kind of thing against you to defame you in the society so that people don't follow you. Most times it's not because you are evil, but simply because you are jealous and they are envious of your life. And the fact that men are actually coming after you. They want to be the one to, to have such acceptance and followership. But now they don't have it. You are having it. So what will they do? They want to raise up accusation against you so that you don't have, I mean, receive and enjoy the acceptance 
amongst people that you have. Praise the Lord. So he had was speaking to ensure that the ministry is discredited or terminated because they were not with him and they don't like him. Praise the Lord. Now, look at verse 30. What was the response of Jesus to this? He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathered not with me scattered abroad. That's a key point. He that is not with me. Remember we're dealing with Revelation 14 verse 1. With him on Mount Zion is 144,000. Now you begin to understand now. What does it mean then to be with him? It's a believe in his ministry. Is that okay? Right. So like Paul we say, everything we do is to make sure we don't discredit the gospel of Jesus. And that means we are with him. Here are people who don't believe in his ministry and they want to say all manner of things to discredit his ministry. And like I said, it could be out of jealousy, out of envy, or whatever the case may be. So the Pharisees were, in this instance, instead of evangelizing to bring the people to, to the cause of Christ, they were scattering the people from him by saying blasphemous words against him, so they were not with him. So we can say that the disciples were with Jesus, uh, the apostles were with Jesus, but the Pharisees were not with Jesus. Did you get the point? Are we together? Good. So now, if the 144,000 were with Jesus, are we saying that the rest of humanity who are believers are not with Jesus? That's the point. Praise the Lord. Okay. I'll give you another instance. Mark chapter, chapter 9, 38 to 40. Mark 9, 38 to 40. And John answering him said, Master, we saw one cast a devil in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him because he followed not us. What's the next thing? But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man who shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. Praise the Lord. For he that is not against us is on our part. Is that, is that okay? He that is not against us is on our part. So whoever is on our part is with us. So here he's saying, this man that is casting out devils in my name, even though he's not a disciple in your company, He's not against us. He is with us. Because he believe in our cause. Praise the Lord. Well, now the Pharisees, you can see the difference. The Pharisees, they never believed, so he was not with him. They were not with him. And now, what were they trying to do? They were trying to turn people away from him. But here is a man, even though he was not in church, in quotes, but he believed. And because they believe, and remember what Mark 16 says, 
To them that believe in my name, they shall cast the devils. Did he say so? Very good. So here is a man demonstrating that particular scripture. It's not as if he was with the disciples, but he has come to believe who Jesus really is. And just because of that belief, he can cast out devils. That's, I keep on telling you, you don't leave casting a devil, healing the sick, to the pastors, to the bishop, to the apostles. That is a gift for every believer. To them that believe in my name, they shall cast the devil, they shall heal the sick, take off serpents, shall not hold them. That is for everyone that believes. So here is the biblical example of somebody who was not in church, in quotes. He was not in the company of the believers, but he could do signs, wonders, and miracles. Why? He believed. To them that believe, these signs shall follow them. Hallelujah. In other words, this said man believe in the cause of Christ and see it's not against him and his work is for him are with him. So we say the one for the four thousand were with the lamb like we find in that Revelation 14. It's not just a matter of being in the same physical location up in heaven as we have already been made to believe. To be with is not necessarily that they have to be with Jesus up in the sky. No. That's not what it means. Praise the Lord. Are we here? So, in the real sense of it, you can either be with Christ or be against him. And how is that supposed to be done? By your actions, by your attitude, with your language, with your thoughts. You can be against Christ. Hallelujah. The truth again is even though you claim to be a believer and you are not doing what Christ is supposed to be doing or why he came, you are not with him. Can I say that again? It's not enough to say you are a believer and you are with Christ until you really engage in the cause of Christ on the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. Are we here? Yeah. So one of the major things that identifies your being with him is that you are pursuing what he came to pursue. That means you are with him. By implication, you are ensuring that men are saved. You are sharing a man are delivered. You are sharing that man come to believe Christ the more. That is hard to be with him. If your actions are turning away people from Christ, you are not with him. If your thought pattern is not to ensure that the kingdom of God advances the more, you are not with him. Praise God. Are you there? So, if you don't seem to pursue the cause of Christ, you may end up being against Christ. Even though you're praying to him, you can be against him. Praise the Lord. If you can't, 
do such things that cause the population of the Christian community to grow, you are indirectly working against them. If for your sake, men rather are turning away from Christ instead of coming to Christ, you are against them. You are not with him. Praise the Lord. If you cannot, as much as possible, walk towards the realization of the victory of Christ on the face of the earth amongst people, you are against Christ. Don't forget, there is no middle ground in this matter. It's either you are with him or you are against him. Is it simple? It's either you are with him or you are against him. And I'm saying, you can be against him in your thoughts, in your actions, in your words, in your attitude, in your character. How is that playing out? When for the sake of these things I mentioned, that you are manifesting men are turning away from Christ, then you are against Christ. You are not with Christ. Praise the Lord. Are we here? Mm. Now let me let me let me give you a simple illustration. If you are employed in a factory that's involved in production, and uh, you're drawing salaries from this factory, but you are contributing nothing to the factory. What are you really doing? You are simply a financial drain to that company. You are just wasting the company's money for paying you your salary at the end of the month and yet you are adding to nothing as far as the company's productivity is concerned. In that sense, you are against the company because you are working for the Productivity, the increase, the multiplication. In fact, the increase of the, the impute, the financial income of the company is not getting increased because of you. That means you are against the company, in quotes. Even though you are drawing salary from there. So there is just a financial drain to such an establishment. Therefore, you are against the progress of that establishment because you are not productive your output is completely so diminished as compared to your inputs praise the lord are we here in the same manner you can't be in church and you are not contributing to the growth of the church or the growth of the ministry or the growth of the work of Jesus Christ by way of evangelism, by way of soul winning, you are a dream to the system. And in that concept, like I said before, you are not with Christ. But don't forget, those that are with him are 144,000. Praise the Lord. So, 
Again, let's look at that Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8. And the Bible says, All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain before the foundation of the world. I have explained this severally. Your name is written. That means you identify with him. Now, you have to understand it. It's not enough to have your name registered in a place and you are contributing nothing to the growth or development of that place. So you can't be registered or you can't be part of Jesus Christ and you're doing nothing to expound and increase the kingdom of God. Then of course, you are not with Christ. You are just there to increase the population. But you are doing nothing. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter 2, I mean, chapter 6, verse number 8. When Solomon was dedicating his temple, we read that before. But the Lord said to David, my father, for at most as it was in thy heart to build a house for my name, thou did dwell in that it was in thy heart. Now, you know the story. This is Solomon building the temple and dedicating the temple. And we may to understand, read the whole content. Say Solomon stood. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So yes, Solomon stood up and offered this prayer. Means they stood with him because there were other people, they were, the priests were there, every one of them, they stood with him while he was making or offering this prayer. And they pray in total agreement as to what the future of King Solomon holds in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So we're beginning to see what it means to stand with Jesus. King Solomon stood with the rest of the people. They offered the prayer. You told my father, yes, you want to build a house, but your son will build it. I'm here. I've finished building this house right now. If we offer prayers in this place, you offer it. If anybody turns to this place to offer prayers, listen to it. I mean, if you remember, this is why you find that Daniel will always open a window in Babylon to pray. Why was he opening the window to the east? Because the direction of the temple. Because the day Solomon dedicated the temple, he said, God, wherever... If anybody wherever on the face of the earth in the face of the temple to pray, answer their prayers. I don't know if you're getting that. Yeah, but we don't understand. We think it's just uh, one of those things uh, they were doing. And uh, Solomon, I mean, Daniel would just open his windows. Open. Why was he opening this window? When ordinarily we are told you pray in secret and God will answer your prayers in secret. Why do you have to open your windows when you want to pray? But because he was a Jewish man, and the understanding is that Solomon already prayed a prayer. They all agreed anywhere on the face of the earth. You understand that? You're right. If they turn towards his temple, answer their prayer. So Daniel remembered that all the time. So he opened his window towards Jerusalem, facing the direction of Jerusalem to pray. You get that? Praise the Lord. All right. The strength of the word weeks, again, that is, when you use the word wheat, what is the power that it carries? Let's look at that again together. Uh, like I said before, the Greek word is metal, M-E-T-A, 
which means with, which means together. In the midst of, between, in common with, the help of, by means of. Now, if you look at all of this definition, firstly what we're going to see was that Christ is standing in the midst of his people. We are actually the overcomers. He said the same thing in the book of uh, Revelation, in reading chapter 1, chapter 2, in chapter 1, when John was saying he had a voice behind him, and when he turned to look, he found that Christ was standing in the midst of the seven candlesticks. I mean, if you remember that. Praise God. So, he's always in the midst of his people. I'm trying to give you how powerful that word really is. Where two or three are gathered together, I am there in their midst. Have you read that in your Bible? So, it simply means, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am with them. Praise the Lord. So, one of the reasons why, thank you Lord, you have to understand how powerful this is. <laughs> oh, glory. You, you can get this right. But listen, you know what Jesus said? If you don't want to believe me, John chapter 14, when Philip asked you as the father, if you don't want to believe me, believe the works that I do. For it is not me that is doing the work, but the father that dwells in me. That means I am one with the father. You understand what I'm saying? I am in union with the Father. Even so, Jesus is in your midst. Jesus is with you. And that means you can do anything. Now, you see, you begin to see what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Where is he strengthening you from? Not outside of you. It's within you. Because the word means, I mean, the word with actually means in the midst of the kingdom of God is within you. It's in your midst. It's among you. Praise God. Are you following me? So you need to understand how powerful the word with. So when the Bible said the one for the four thousand with him and he is with them, that means he's in the midst of the one hundred forty four thousand. That means he's in your midst. That means he's in your life. Oh, can I tell you something? He's in with you, even in your family. Now, until you have this understanding, you only think that you are alone. We used to sing a song in those days, I'm not alone, I'm not alone. Jesus is with me, I'm not alone. Have you, have you, you sang that song some time ago? Yeah, so what do you think you're singing? In a way, we sang that religiously without really having understanding of what we are saying. Now, you begin to see what happened to the, the, the three Hebrew children where they were thrown into the Miss Sophia, he saw a dead man. Well, I mean, the fourth man was with them. Can you get that now? Good. So, no matter where you are, he's with you. Understand that. No matter where you are, he's with you. And if he's with you and you know he's with you, you can do anything. You can pray. You can believe for miracles, anything. Because why? He is with you. And it's not you doing those miracles, it is him in you doing those miracles. So when you lay hands 
He is coming through your hand to heal the people. When you speak, it's using your mouth. Hallelujah. It's using your eyes to see so you can have discernment, you can see visions. It's Him all through and all the way. That's what it means to be with you. Praise God. So, at this time, the overcomer has shared the same trait with the glorified Jesus and Mount Zion. Right? He made us alive. Okay, let's look at something again. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. What's the next thing? Even when we were dead in sin and trespasses, as it were, had quickened us together with Christ by grace he has saved. Verse, verse 6. And I raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us to Christ Jesus. Where are we sitting? We are sitting together with where? With him. He is where he is and we are where he is. Look at Colossians 3 verse 1. I'm just looking at the power of that word with. To be in common. To be in union. To be joined. To be in the same fellowship. To be in the midst of. To be in agreement with. Hallelujah. Colossians 3 verse 1. If you then be raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. If you have been raised with him. Not shall be raised. Now you must have this understanding and this conviction. If you have been raised with him, seek those things. Take another translation. Maybe amplify. Let's look at amplified translation. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Seek those things. You're sharing the word with them means you are sharing his resurrection. That means when he died, you die. When he rose, he rose. Somebody will say, well, that is just whatever thing you want to call it. You just need to take it. That is what God have done. I've always had people this question. If you think this is not practical, help me Jesus. If you think this is not practically possible, then you tell me why you died in Adam and it was practically possible. Amen? The Bible says in Adam all died. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. How did he die in Adam? Through the sin that Adam committed in union with Adam, you became a sinner. You never did anything in the garden. You were not in the garden. But God just included all of you in Adam. And then you shared in all of his failures. Oh, glory. And so now, God made another provision, brought another man, and included you in that man. 
You only need to have the conviction. Even as I was included in Adam and I suffered all of those things, I went through all of those things. Right now, if I am in Christ, I share in this victory. Hallelujah. Everything that resurrection carries is supposed to be what you experience and your portion. Why? Because you died with him and you rose with him. You have to understand the power of the word with. To be in union, to be in the midst of, to be joined together, to accompany. So the victory of Christ is your victory. In any situation, in any circumstance, you can ride victoriously, triumph victoriously over any situation, any problem. You can. Why? You are with him and he's with you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. To be in the right hand of God seated speaks of the place of authority, the place of victory. All the authority that accompanies Christ dwelling in your midst. That's what it means. Amen. So seek those things where Christ seated at the right hand of God. The place of right hand speaks of authority, speaks of power. And that's why I have explained this to you severally. You see, when the Bible says... Let us take the mark of the beast upon your forehead upon your right hand. Why did he not say upon your left hand? Is it only your right hand that makes you to sin? No, look at that. Why? Right hand speaks of power. Huh? Praise God. Your right hand is place of power. So what he's trying to say is, if you're doing ministry or doing whatever thing you're trying to do, but not with the spirit of Christ you're walking with the mark of the beast or the power of the beast or the power of the enemy that's what you're using that's what he's saying praise God so right hand speaks of power so when we say Christ is sitting on the right hand of God we are actually saying Christ is occupying the position of authority as far as God's kingdom is concerned and now you are there with him that means the same authority that you share is what you share Praise God. And one thing you must know, to be in the place of power means to be in the place of rulership. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 57 verse 15. For thus saith the high and holy one, or the lofty one, that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy space. With him also, that is of a contrite and a humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the world, the contrite ones. With him, I want you to look at that. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also, such a person. So, the first thing you got to understand is the 144,000 are those who have this kind of character. Maybe you take it from Amplified Translation or NLT. Let's look at NLT. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 15, first. 15. Are you doing verse 15? Yeah. NLT. The high and lofty one 
who lives in eternity. The Holy One says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Now, if you look at the description, it simply means all of those 144,000 are those who have this kind of spirit. Praise the living God. So when we say Jesus is standing among Zion with him, who are with him? Those who have a contrite spirit, those who have a humble spirit. Let's read it from the message translation. Hallelujah. Are you there? A message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity, whose name is holy. I live in the high and holy places, but also with the low spirited, the spiritual crush. What I do is put new spirit in them, get them up, and on their feet again. Hallelujah. So you find that once you begin to walk in this realm of loneliness, God raises you high from that level that you were. And that is part of being with you. Hallelujah. Now God this prayer. If he raises you, he equips you to raise other people. Because Obadiah 21 says, Savior shall arise out of where? Man Zion. Why? Because the Man Zion is the Savior. Look at that. Obadiah 21. Just put it on the board there. Praise the Lord. Obadiah 21 is just one verse. Praise the Lord. Can you get it? All right. Praise the living God. Remnants. No, just take it from King James. King James translation. And it says, And saviors, this is what I want, shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. The Lord is with them. It's in the place of power. Seated. What's the next thing? Is reproducing himself in a people that will carry the same spirit of deliverance, of salvation, of saving people. So many saviors are rising out of Mount Zion. Remember, that's where he's standing with the 144,000. So, right there with the humble spirit, like we read in Isaiah 57, he's equipping them and raising them and becoming saviors. And what happened to judge the mount of Esau? What's the mount of Esau? It's like Adamic life. It's that we love the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. You can say, well, it has to do with the people in the world. And judgment doesn't mean condemning the people. Uh, judgment actually making them to see light. How praise the Lord. I was asking somebody a question yesterday. We we're sharing that. And I asked a question. In the course of our discussion, not two days ago, 
a minister of God anyway. Answer the question. Who do you think the Bible was written to? You know. And I was counseling with some couples as well. Who are getting married. I said, who is a sinner? Because I, I tried to ask the question. Do you know? If you marry an unbeliever. Huh? Then indirectly you have invited Satan to be your father-in-law. You know what that means? Praise the living God. If you marry an unbeliever, you have invited the devil to become your father-in-law. So the question is, who is an unbeliever? I know the question they always give to me is that the man in the street. But how correct is that? How do you define the man in the street? The Bible tells us the definition of a sinner is all unrighteousness. In the book of Isaiah, it said, the sinners in Zion, they are afraid. To be a sinner means to break the law. Now, who has the law? The law is not given to the man in the street. The law is given to the one in the house. The Bible is the law or the constitution for those in God's kingdom. It's not a constitution for those outside of the kingdom. How many can sense to you? You can't judge a Cameroonian with Nigeria constitution because it's not a citizen of, of Nigeria. The law is made for Nigerians. So you break the law in Nigeria here, yes, you'll be dealt with. But you cannot, somebody commit a crime in Cameroon, then you take the law of Nigeria to go and judge that individual. Does that work? It can't work. Are you there with me? The law of Moses was given to Israel. It was not given to everybody. And God was not expecting Moses. Remember, the widget of sin is dead. If you commit sin, you die. Was Moses killing people outside of Israel who committed the sin against the law? No. Why then do you think the Bible is meant for those in the street? It's not meant for those in the street. It's meant for you. Are you following me? So when we're talking about Savior judging the amount of his or sinners, it's not like carrying the Bible and saying, if you don't believe now, you're going to go to hell tomorrow. No. You know what? The man in the street, according to Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, is dead in sin and trespasses. And anybody who is dead cannot respond to stimuli. The law can't work on dead people. Do you take any law, go to the cemetery and begin to pass judgment on those who are already dead? You can't. They're already dead. They are condemned people. They don't see. They can't understand. There is no way. Until God gave them spirit. You know what Jesus said? No man comes unto me except the Father draws them. One of the ways by which the Father draws them into one is to open the heart of those people to see the light in whatever thing you are saying. So you want people to Christ, then they understand what the law is. Praise the living God. You don't condemn them. That is not how Jesus. Jesus never. If you watch all the people he spoke to aggressively, they were all Pharisees and scribes. You understand that? But not to any Gentile. You don't see Jesus speak to a Gentile and say you are going to go to hell. You can see that. Why? Because they don't understand anything about the law. Praise God somebody. So Savior's coming out of Zion has to do with you getting an understanding and making people to come into the kingdom of God. How did Jesus save you? Did he save you by condemning you? No. So how are you going to save people by condemning the people? 
You've got to hold them to Christ and they've got to open their heart and they'll be able to see exactly what it is to be a child of God. Praise the living God. As you begin to walk in the victory of Christ, as you begin to exercise the authority of being one with him in Mount Zion, men in the world will want to look at you and say, I would like you to show me your God. Your lifestyle, as you are with him in your thoughts, in your attitude, in your character, men will begin to envy you. Men will want to join with you. Praise God somebody. That's what we're saying. Sorry, let me use it to illustrate, but it's not just bring a little bit close. We are in a political era in this country and you hear about obedient movements and I look at everything that has characterized that movement. They were not bought. They were not enticed. People just went in because the figure that is standing for that movement has certain qualities that they are looking onto. Is everybody follow what I'm talking about? Why are people moving into that place? Not by pressure. Not by force. Not by giving them money or anything. That's what I'm saying. When you are in Mount Zion, when you have the same character with Christ, men will look at you and want to become part of you. Come on. Are you following what I'm saying? That is how to save the world. That's why we are judging the world. Their conscience condemns them. When they see you living right, their conscience condemns them. When they see the light of God in your spirit, their conscience condemns them. They want to come to you. Why do you think Nicodemus will go to Jesus in the night? No man can do this thing except God be with him. You can't live this life you are living except God is with you. That's what I'm saying. There was a condemnation in the heart of that individual. Why? Because he see the kind of life that Jesus was living. That's what it means to be with Christ. Where? In Man Zion. Praise the living God somebody. And I'm saying it's not for only one and 144,000 somewhere up in the sky. It has to do with every believer on the face of the earth. For he that is not against us is with us. And we are with him even as he with us. And remember what he said. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He is in your midst. He is in your life. He's with your family in every situation. He is with you. Why? Because we come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, with the numerical company of angels, the church of the firstborn, with the names written where? In heaven. Hallelujah. You are with him even as he's with you. Praise God, somebody. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.